This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. For generations, visitors have come to West Virginia for the scenery and a taste of adventure. But over the past few years, they're coming to sample something else. Some people seek out these kind of things. They they seek out breweries, they seek out distilleries, they seek out that terroir of different regions. That story and more this West Virginia Morning. The Supreme Court of Appeals of West Virginia heard arguments at a different location yesterday. As Jessica Lilly reports, it's part of a program called LAWS, or Legal Advancement for West Virginia Students. Judges and attorneys heard arguments at the Woodrow Wilson High School Auditorium in Beckley. The LAWS program is meant to educate students on court systems. High school students studied real cases before argument day and met with the attorney in the cases. Judges also visited the school to help explain the cases. Students from Fayette, Raleigh, and Wyoming counties participated in the Beckley event. Four cases were presented as part of the project. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Jessica Lilly in Athens. Students across the state can watch the recorded docket on the West Virginia Judiciary YouTube channel. This week is National School Bus Safety Week. Shepard Snyder has more. The West Virginia Governor's Highway Safety Program is reminding drivers and pedestrians about the state's school bus laws. The program is specifically focusing on the illegal passing of school buses while the stop arm is extended, signaling that children are entering or exiting. Drivers should come to a complete stop until the arm is retracted and the bus begins to move. Amy Cantrell of the Highway Safety Program says it's part of the program's goal to reduce the number of incidents on West Virginia roadways. And not to be cliche, but school buses are transporting one of our most precious natural resources, right, our kids. And that's why as motorists, it's our responsibility to just kind of keep uh, an extra eye out, extra caution. More resources about school bus safety can be found at wvpublic.org. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Shepard Snyder in Martinsburg. In related news, a truck driver is dead and seven students hospitalized for evaluation following an early morning school bus crash in Mingo County. Caroline McGregor reports. The school bus was carrying students on the way to Mingo Central High School when it collided with a truck on the King Cole Highway around 7 o'clock this morning. The Mingo County Sheriff's Office has confirmed to WVPB that the driver of the truck was killed in the head-on collision. The driver's name has not been released. School officials released a statement saying the injuries to the students are not considered to be life-threatening. Parents of the students were notified immediately following the accident and the school alerted the community through its social media channels. The West Virginia State Police are investigating the crash. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Caroline McGregor in Charleston. Educators and policymakers were in Charleston yesterday for the 2022 West Virginia Education Summit. As Chris Schultz reports, discussions focused on job preparedness. The theme of the conference was Pathways to the Future, Strategies to Grow Your Own, and speakers focused on how today's education will prepare students for tomorrow's jobs. Keynote speaker and director of educational development for the State Department of Education, Dr. Carla Warren, highlighted how the state's new Grow Your Own program is preparing the next generation of teachers. What this pathway does is it allows a high school student as a junior or senior to enter the pathway and complete 24 to 30 hours of college credit 
cost-free to that student. So they come out of high school with one year towards a bachelor's degree in education. The Grow Your Own program also recently won federal registered apprentice status for student teachers, allowing them to be paid while they train to be educators. West Virginia currently has a shortage of 1,200 teachers. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Chris Schultz in Charleston. Hearing aids can now be purchased over-the-counter nationwide, but the change won't help all West Virginians in need of hearing assistance. Amelia Nicely reports. Hearing aids can now be purchased over-the-counter nationwide, but the change won't help all West Virginians in need of hearing assistance. You can now buy hearing aids at Walgreens and online at retailers like CVS and Walmart as part of President Joe Biden's effort to increase access to the pricey devices. Only one in four adults who could benefit from a hearing aid have ever used them, according to data from federal health officials. The cost for over-the-counter hearing aids ranges from $200 to $1,000 a pair, and they're meant for people with mild to moderate hearing loss. The price tag for a specialized pair for people with more severe hearing loss ranges from $2,000 to $8,000. Hearing aids aren't covered by all insurance plans, and most Medicare plans don't cover routine hearing care or hearing aids. Dr. Nancy Arts at WVU School of Audiology said audiologists have struggled even more during the COVID-19 pandemic to find affordable hearing aid options for patients, something that is regularly needed with West Virginia's high poverty rate. Over-the-counter technology is really good for the country, and we still need to bring the prices of hearing aids down. So, so it's a good, and it's, I think, going to be on the way to being better. Um, what I hope to see is an outcome um, of the over-the-counter hearing aids is that it would cause people who sell hearing aids uh, to lower their prices. Chris Mick, who is president of the West Virginia Association for the Deaf, said he is regularly in contact with people suffering from hearing loss who cannot afford hearing aids. I spoke with Chris over the phone through an interpreter, and Biden's program won't help people like him who are completely deaf and in need of a costly specialized hearing aid. Chris said that lawmakers in West Virginia should do more to increase access to hearing devices. And his organization will be at the Capitol this upcoming legislative session advocating for changes. For Appalachian Health News, I'm Amelia Nicely in Charleston. If you need help paying for hearing aids, we've listed some resources on our website, wvpublic.org. Appalachia Health News is a project of West Virginia Public Broadcasting with support from Charleston Area Medical Center and Marshall Health. This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. It's 750. Mostly cloudy skies today with gusty wind, a chance of snow or rain. Partial clearing in the west this afternoon with high temperatures in the 40s and 50s. Cloudy skies tonight with lows in the 20s and 30s. And partly sunny tomorrow with highs in the 50s. Support for the weather forecast is provided by the attorneys at Torres Save a Law, representing firefighters, police officers, and West Virginia families. Information at TorresSaveAlaw.com.
For generations, visitors have come to West Virginia for the scenery and a taste of adventure. But over the past few years, they're coming to sample something else. Bill Lynch takes a shot at taking some to, of taking to some West Virginia distillers about whiskey and tourism. Jeff Arthur at Mountain State Distillery on Capitol Street in Charleston was making whiskey in West Virginia before making whiskey in West Virginia was cool, or at least before it was legal. I, I grew up in an area where, where moonshine was pretty, uh, pretty common, and I knew some people that made it, and I uh, eventually learned how to do it myself. Across town at the Bullock Distillery, Ty Bullock said he got into the whiskey business as a way to become part of the neighborhood he was helping to build. I think it's such a great American um, endeavor. It's such a such a great American task. You take some water, you take some corn, you care about what you do, and you care about every, every step of the way, and put some heat in there, and um, you have a really good product. And whiskey is, uh, you know, it comes from Ireland and Scotland, but it's an American thing. Brooke Glover at Swill Dog, a cidery and distillery in Pendleton County, got into the alcohol business because she said she and her family saw an opportunity. Well, the the cider market had a big boom, uh, especially in Virginia around 2016. And that's when we really came onto the scene and, and found that there was a need in the state of West Virginia that wasn't being served. There was only one other craft cidery in the state. They make amazing cider as well. We thought that there was a need. We thought that, you know, we could use that local agriculture. So cider was just something that we love to make, and we saw a need in the marketplace. Going into business, all of them hoped to grow, hoped locals would embrace their neighborhood craft distilleries much in the same way they embraced neighborhood craft breweries. What they really didn't count on were travelers stopping by on their way through or tourists seeking them out. We really started with people who were coming over, didn't know about us, heard about us from locals or just kind of searched for us on Google and didn't have anything to do in the evenings when they were coming over to do climbing, camping and hiking and and all those things. That's how we started with Mm -hmm. bringing people in. And it has actually changed now to the majority of people who are coming are specifically coming for Swill Dog. They're specifically coming to the area and they're like, what is there to do around, around you guys? And we get to tell them about all the amazing places that we have uh, to, to experience West Virginia's beauty. Some people seek out these kind of things. They, they seek out breweries, they seek out distilleries, they seek out that terroir of different regions. And so we've seen people from Brazil, Germany, England, um, not to mention all the surrounding counties and states. And we've talked about having a um, having a little map where people can put their pens uh, where they where they're from. Tourism's been a bonus for some distillers and a real shot in the arm for others. It's very hit and miss. Um, when there are events in town, uh, be it live on the levee, uh, the regatta was incredible. Um, but even like soccer tournaments down at Shawnee, uh, stuff like that brings all these people staying here in these hotels, and that's where the bulk of my business comes from. If it wasn't for, for, for tourism, I couldn't do this. Tourists coming to buy products from these distilleries underscores what the distillery owners say they want to do bring outside money into the state, and then keep it local. As much as they can, Glover and Bullock say they buy here. We get all of our grains from uh, Mason County, which is uh, old Mr. Yager, who uh, he's about, he's got to be in his late 70s by now. Glover said her family not only gets apples and grains from farms in West Virginia, but they also get oak barrels in state too. 
We use West Virginia Great Barrel Company Barrel for everything that we do. But they're out of Lewisburg, and they're just amazing. And the quality of what they're producing just ups our quality exponentially. So it, it, it kind of makes it easy. The more product they're able to sell, the more local goods they're able to buy, Bullock said. The distilleries are trying to become destinations. They schedule live entertainment, host trivia nights, and sell merchandise. Some of it comes from area artists or craft businesses. You know, we make our money off of the stuff we make in the back, but we have a big tasting room. And and again, like I said, we, we have a, a great presence in the capital city of West Virginia. So while we're engaging those people, like I said, from Brazil, Germany, people that are visiting us, even if they're just using the restroom or just getting a sandwich down at the grill or Gonzo Burger or Books and Brews, while we have that opportunity to engage them, why not introduce them to some local honeys, uh, maple syrup that's been aged in certain barrels you know there's there's always that opportunity for interaction if i can help facilitate that then here i am they say they've had some good experiences with tourism but say the state could probably do more to help them though it may not be in the hands of the Division of Tourism. Right now I have a micro distillery license and I've already outgrown it. One of the main things being that I can't sell out of state with my current license. I, I don't know why the legislature would not want me to sell out of state. I don't really understand that aspect of it. Yeah, I think that every every license that you have in distilling should enable you to sell out of state. I, I can't imagine one good reason why the legislature would want to not allow us to sell out of state. Bullock said just allowing small companies like his to sell outside of West Virginia could benefit a lot of people. It would acquaint people with the state's spirits, might draw fans to come to the state and visit the source. Arthur pointed out people already do this in Kentucky with that state's popular bourbon trail. Meanwhile, Glover said the state had been good to them, but they really could use some help from the Division of Highways. They're on the wrong side of a mountain. Our facility is actually right on the back side of Seneca Rock. There's no road that goes in between, so you have to go all the way to Franklin and then all the way around. But we're only like a couple miles just, you know, if you just make a straight line. You can do it. Um, I think there's like a fire road or something that some people have talked about. But we're right there. I'm like, oh, come on, just get us a road. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Bill Lynch. That was the seventh story in our radio series, Country Roads, the Mountain State Tourism Economy. Tune in every morning through next week to hear a new story on tourism and the challenges that come with it. Or visit our website to listen to stories you may have missed. West Virginia Morning is a production of West Virginia Public Broadcasting, which is solely responsible for its content. You can keep up with the latest West Virginia news throughout the day on our website, wvpublic.org. Support for our news bureaus comes from West Virginia University, Concord University, and Shepherd University. West Virginia Morning is produced with help from Amelia Nicely, Bill Lynch, Caroline McGregor, Curtis Tate, Chris Schultz, David Adkins, Eric Douglas, Jessica Lilly, Liz McCormick, Randy Yowie, and Shepard Snyder. Eric Douglas is our news director, and he produced today's show. I'm your host, Teresa Wills. This is West Virginia Morning.